listening to Female VC Lab, a podcast that showcases the journeys of female investors. My name is Barbara Bickham, and I am an award-winning CTO and VC that teaches companies and investors about emerging technology. I am sitting down with female VCs and investors to talk about their funds, how they invest, and how they make an impact. All righty. So, how do you say your name? Elishka? Oh, yeah. I was just going to say it's Elishka. Elishka. Okay. I got that right. Awesome. Welcome to the Female VC Lab, Elishka. Thank you. In one line, can you say your name, your title, and the name of your fund? Yeah. So, I'm Elishka Malakova. I'm an investor at Fidelity International Strategic Ventures. Wonderful. So what inspired you to become a venture capitalist or an investor? So I'm relatively new in venture capital, having come from uh, finance as well as an, an operating experience. I was a startup founder and most recently worked at Revolut, which is a large fintech based out of London. Mm-hmm. And I joined Fidelity International Strategic Ventures because not just because it was joining VC, but it was actually this strategic firm that is not only doing venture capital investments in terms of a financial return, but the other half of the way that we analyze investments is on a strategic level. So essentially, we're going to be looking at fintech startups that are strategic for fidelity, which Mm -hmm. means that it's not just any type of fintech, but actually anything that's close to asset management or Mm -hmm. um, investments and basically just trying to be strategic where Fidelity can help the startup as well as the startup help um, help Fidelity in terms of um, saving money, cost savings, operational efficiency, as well as um, revenue generation and new products. So I think I really like the mix of execution as well as this big picture view. And I think the most interesting part about venture capital, having come from more of an operating background, is that you you get to see this this industry with a bird's eye view. And I think yes. that's something that was really missing when you're very much deep in the weeds of execution, mm-hmm. in your whether it's in your own startup or when you're executing as part of a scale-up. So I quite like being on top of the news. I started my career as an equity research analyst. So I was oh, wow. always aware of the industry, mm-hmm. being on top of news flow, meeting different companies. So I think that was one part of um, of my experience, I guess, that I, I started missing once I was in execution mode. So I like this um, nice mix of it. That's wonderful. So what what is your uh, thesis over there? You know, clearly you guys are strategic investor and kind of what's the motivation behind your thesis? How do you find your startups? How do you go about selecting startups? Tell me a little bit yeah. about that. So I guess I, I gave a little bit away, but essentially we're at, we're an early stage VC, strategic VC based out of London, and we invest mm-hmm. around the Series A and B stage, but it gets to be quite flexible just because of the strategic angle. Um, mm-hmm. So we're not necessarily tied down um, and we're investing off of the Fidelity International balance sheet as well. So wow. it's slightly different and that makes us quite a, a long-term investor. And that was another draw for me in joining this fund is that 
it's not the typical cycle of a VC investment where mm-hmm. you kind of have a fund for several years, but actually we like to take an active role over the longer period of time. So it's even though, you know, we take minority investments and we're not anywhere close to the typical core dev or kind of CVC style um, of a VC, but actually we like to be involved for the long term. And as part of that, we're trying to generate, I guess, uh, strategic value, not just for fidelity, but actually for the startup. So as part of yeah. the investment, this will often follow working very closely with Fidelity International, as well as the startup to try and work on some commercial agreements together. And that's what I really like about this role is that you get to be quite operational, get to see and get get a bit more involved in the development of the startup rather than mm-hmm. just having to kind of be involved in the fine funding rounds, but, you know, as part of the commercial contract. So I think that's one thing where we're quite different is if you're a fintech that's selling into asset management or the investing space, I think it's very valuable because you get Fidelity International as wow. an client. Um, that's, a so, big, that's a big, um, you know, person to get behind you. You know, if you, if you're selected for that, that's a very big name in the industry, you know? Yeah, exactly. Hopefully um, we're, yes. we're, Doing quite still well, with the startup. still yeah, well known. So we, still well known. <laughs> we, exactly. So, and it's um, we're based out of London, so it's the Fidelity International business. But we work quite closely with the U.S. Fidelity as well as the kind of two separate entities. So yep. that's probably the most exciting and the biggest selling point for the startups. At the same mm-hmm. time, we do we don't say we're overly active in that we're kind of going to be there day to day, but we kind of get involved wherever needed, especially pushing along the contracts. Um, so that's mm-hmm. that's really fun, and that's definitely different to, I would say, a typical VC, and that's what attracted me. Um, And then personally, on top of our thesis, I'm really passionate about women in fintech. So trying to improve our our access to female founders in fintech and giving them um, more access as well, um, and just basically trying to improve our deal flow when it comes to female founders and try to get more in front of us uh, within asset management. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So what are you currently listening to or learning or reading these days? Um, so I'll, I guess, as, as you all know, as part of the day, there's so much news in your inbox all the time. Yes. So I would say the number one thing I'm always reading is great newsletters, specifically around fintech. I'm very happy to recommend a lot of different ones. Um, there's one particular that's done by Nick Milanovic. I think he sends a newsletter for fintech. That's a, mm. that's a really great one. But other than um, obviously this podcast, in terms of what I listen, it's also Business Wars is a great podcast. I don't know if you've listened to it, Barbara. I haven't but listened to that one. I, I love that. I have one. to listen it's, to it. Yeah, it's great. It's um, it's there was one on on SpaceX uh, versus um, Jeff Bezos's startup. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah that that might be interesting. Um, what was it called? Blue something. Blue Origin. It was on SpaceX versus Blue Origin. Huh. So that was a that was a great one in terms of a, an episode within that and books. I think I I love I Am Pilgrim. I don't know if you've heard of that book. Hmm, I haven't heard amazing. of that. One. It's a, to, I'm listening tell me a little bit about that one. Sorry. Tell me a little bit about that one. I so Am Pilgrim. Pilgrim is um, it's a really really thick book. I think it's 26 hours on audiobooks. So it's oh, wow. a that's a big book. Uh, it's a really great lockdown book, but it's it's a detective book that oh, okay. I. I'm, I'm really loving it's it's actually quite timely because it's I think it's about 10 years old but actually it's around um a nuclear attack from not nuclear but on um a biological attack uh with smallpox that would essentially affect the whole world so it's quite timely with the, wow. the pandemic. Very timely. And I, I love a good 
it's a good kind of educational slash detective thriller type of reading, which I really enjoy. And it's quite a nice distraction from all the stuff that you need to read, all the news that you need to stay on top of day to day. Yeah. Sounds interesting. I might check that out, even you though it's an hour. Then you can binge. You can binge listen to it. I guess. Yeah, it's it's a commitment. Cool. It's a, it's my nighttime read. <laughs> no worries. That sounds great. Very interesting. So here's your bonus question that everyone gets. In two years, uh, when we're speaking again, but we'll be speaking before then. Uh, where do you see venture capital or investing evolving to or changing to? That's a really interesting one. I think from my seat as a strategic investor, what I've observed, um, albeit you know since since the end of last year when I moved over into venture, is I think there's a lot of value in strategic investments. And not saying that just to to their own horn necessarily, but when speaking to a lot of different startups, it's getting this value out of having a a partner that opens more doors. And I think because venture is becoming so busy, there's so many new funds popping up. There is mm-hmm. very difficult to differentiate yourself. And as you know, there's um, A16Z that's essentially becoming a media company. So there's, mm-hmm. um, they're mar- VC often is marrying PR and branding and media along with VC rather than this tra- traditional model of it just being a financial investment. So I think there might be, whether one would call it consolidation or more just a, a bigger, larger push into differentiation. And I think staying as a, as a strategic investor and whether that's as part of a corporate or as part of a very focused investment thesis, I think that's going to be very important because these days, um, as, as we know, in the, in the current market environment as well, venture capital has become, it's almost seen as a commodity from what I've spoken to founders about. That's so interesting. That's, it's, it's just finding that extra differentiation. There's a few different business models that are flying around in terms of um, founders as part of the portfolio, having carry as part of um, getting investment right. in a right. VC. That's really interesting. And mm-hmm. some VCs, you know, they've always tried to differentiate themselves as being operating or, or type of experience in the, in the team. But I think it's genuinely just that additional value you're creating and, I would like to think that strategic venture is going to actually be on the rise because CVCs have not potentially have had as much um, press or as much positive coverage to date. So I think there might be a bit of a a revival, especially when there's consolidation in the likes of a a fintech industry. And you're just trying trying to differentiate yourself as a startup. It's probably going to help you have an anchor customer or have some strategic behind you in order to give you credibility. Well, and, you know, corporate strategic investors are very valuable if they're the right kind, you know, and and I think a lot of, of companies and even VCs, you know, as, as venture people need to collaborate more with, you know, at all the different levels. So if you have people that can work with, you know, Fidelity International, then it makes sense to say, hey, we have these kind of companies and to seek that out because, that's going to help your company scale and potentially get, you know, an exit or some other type of potential outcome that you want. Whereas if you're not looking at all the different types of funding options, even from a VC perspective, then, you know, you may be missing out on something that could really help propel your company. And in the end, you know, that's what you're here to do. You're here to help propel your company to be, you know, very, very large. 
Exactly. And at the end of the day, that's that's a great point that you're making, Barbara, because we're, we're seeing this in the ESG space. And because mm-hmm. we're so close to it with FinTech and asset management, you've got greenwashing happening. There's yep. so much noise in the market right now. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, whether that's venture or corporates or other people, there needs to be some standardization, not only from the regulators, but actually just generally within the industry. So I would like to think that a lot of this potential market exuberance, everything that's happening around us, there's going to be an impact on the venture industry uh, because we've seen with with SPACs and private markets getting getting oh really, gosh. really heated these days. So Back. we'll see if everything we'll old is new again. Two years. <laughs> SPAC, old, everything old that was new again. Yeah, maybe we'll go back to um, investing in publicly listed stocks. So we'll see yeah. what happens. <laughs> All right. So how do people get into contact with you? Um, so I would say LinkedIn, and I'm not going to try and spell out my name. You can you can find it on the on the description. We'll find, just because, we'll find it in the description below. Yeah, it's a long name, but uh, LinkedIn. Love to connect uh, with anyone that's either in venture or founders. Like I mentioned, women in fintech more than happy to give time, spend time talking about pitch decks, presentations, um, practices. Um, love to do that. Wonderful. So. Thank you very much, Eliska, from Fidelity uh, International Strategic Ventures for being my guest on the Female BC Lab podcast. Thank you so much, Barbara. This episode is brought to you by Trail and Ventures. Find and invest in the next billion dollar emerging tech company. Sign up for our exclusive content at https colon slash slash trailin T-R-A-I-L-Y-N dot com to find out more. Find us on Apple on Spotify, and on Google Podcasts. Thank you for listening.